The general landscape around disruptors to the legal industry is huge, you know, technology is massive and how it's implemented in particular. Kind of every law firm is looking at AI and how chat GPT could replicate the work of an associate overnight. As a trainee at OC, you have quite a significant support net around you to help get the best out of you as you learn that part of the practice area, but very much as an NQ, once you are established and comfortable, you can pretty much work independently on your own matters. Hello, and welcome back to the Law Careers Net podcast. You're listening to the latest episode in our podcast series in which we speak to practicing lawyers about what it's like to work in their area of law. This episode is in collaboration with Osborne Clark and is all about environmental work. You'll hear from Arthur Hopkinson as he runs through how he came to practice in this area, what his work as an environmental solicitor involves, and the key issues facing his practice work right now. We hope you enjoy this practice area profile. You can read the full write-up on Law Careers Net and find out more about training at Osborne Clark through the link in the podcast description. Don't forget, you can also tune into our regular podcast episodes, including our brand new commercial awareness series sponsored by the University of Law. Here's Arthur. So my name's Arthur Hopkinson. I'm an associate at Osborne Clark, a law firm in Bristol. I went to Bristol University prior to joining the firm and I did a degree in history. So I decided to choose the solicitor path rather than become a barrister because I had a very clear idea what I wanted to do with a career in law. I always knew I wanted to be an environmental solicitor And I knew that I could specialise faster in that area if I went down the solicitor route. I think having spoken to friends who are barristers, it takes a little bit more time to get to the position where you are really specialising and you've got to practice in a certain area. And so I opted for the solicitor path just because it is that little bit more fast and I'm a bit happier. So I did my training contract at Osborne Clark. So I wouldn't say I'm a lifer, but I've been here for a good few years now. Um, I had a really positive experience, I think, compared to some people I've spoken to about their training contract and friends from law school. So, you know, we we do give trainees quite a lot of client contact and independence here. Um, that's not to say that if, you know, you're finding things difficult, you're going to be thrown to the sharks it's more of a case of if you are developing very quickly and you're getting more confident then the firm's willing to back you and kind of tailor your training contract a little bit to the speed at which you progress and so often our trainees find quite quickly that they are performing at quite a high standard and so they're kind of treated more like nqs than trainees so it's nice to see that the firm appreciates that difference in development and that's definitely the experience i had as a trainee I think the highlight probably from my training contract was getting to experience the work that I originally had been interested in when I was applying for the job and getting an opportunity to see what it actually looks like on the ground and see what the day-to-day looks like. So as opposed to more of a moment, it was just kind of having that goal reinforced by the experience 
of actually going through the process of doing the practice area that I was interested in was probably the best thing and made me realize that actually it was a career I'm interested in. It was a career I could see myself in long term. And so I think that was probably the most satisfying part of it. In terms of what I do at um, Osborne Clark, I'm a planning and environment lawyer, which is quite a broad field. On the planning side, I kind of focus on renewable energy projects. So that's planning permission and consenting for solar farms, battery storage projects, hydrogen projects, and some offshore wind. On the environment side, I do more kind of sustainability and ESG work with a focus on kind of supply chain, sustainability and corporate reporting, but it's quite diverse. And then I do a bit of kind of crossover in between, which is around kind of environmental services. So carbon credits, biodiversity credits, nature-based solutions, that kind of thing. And in terms of how I came to be practicing in this area, I guess I'd always wanted to do it. As I say, it's always been a goal to get there. When I was coming up for uh, applying as an NQ, um, you know, traditionally we've had a, a planning role at Osborne Clark that was that have been there for a number of years. However, I think I'm the first that really sits between the planning and environment teams and acts as a bit of a hybrid in, in bridging those two practice areas. What I actually do on a day-to-day -day basis, it is incredibly broad. It's, it's everything from corporate advisory work and sustainability advice around the sorts of environmental impacts that a business has, through to regulatory investigations for environmental offences, as well as doing kind of transactional support. So when a client's looking to buy a company or a property, they'll need support investigating the environmental liabilities or obligations that might come with that purchase. Uh, and then equally so on the planning side, it, it is really so varied in terms of what we do. It's entirely dependent on what comes across our desk of a day. So I suppose just in general terms, it's, it's quite a specialist practice area. You sort of turn up at work and see what's in the inbox and see what people are asking you. And it's sort of a very broad one that you need to juggle a few balls and, and keep an eye on a few kind of different pockets of knowledge to make sure that you're fully equipped for it. Yeah, so in terms of how the work I currently do differs from that I did when I was a trainee, I think it's more a question of the fact that now I have my own client contacts. Uh, I'm approached directly internally and externally to do work, and I'm rarely not project managing my own work now. So I'm pretty what well, I'm pretty much independent from a lot of my my team in that I can happily get on and do my work with kind of limited supervision and the need to lean on people. So I suppose the difference is that as a trainee at OC, you have quite a significant comfort blanket or support net around you to help get the best out of you as you learn that part of the practice area, but very much as an NQ, once you are established and comfortable, you can pretty much work independently on your own matters. I think to be quite honest, you have this image when you qualify that um, 
it's all going to be fascinating work and really interesting stuff. The reality is there's a lot of the day job that is incredibly dull. Um, so billing and invoicing clients, managing client expectations, project managing. And then you have the added bit of um, supervising trainees, which it's suddenly very odd to be on that side of the, the coin. So I suppose in, in a slightly negative way that there's lots of the job that you don't really necessarily need to worry about when you are a trainee. But suddenly as an NQ, you do have to focus on a little bit more of the, the dull parts and learn how to balance those with the more interesting aspects of the job. I think just thinking about my experience of the legal press and law firms, certainly within our immediate competitive market, I think the problem really is um, retaining talent and making sure that you're getting the right lawyers to join the firm and support the practice area you're trying to grow because there's so many new pockets and frameworks of, especially in environmental law, but elsewhere, sort of new legal frameworks developing that getting the right people to be involved with that is, is really difficult. And so the need to maintain a team is really hard. So I think that that's probably one of the biggest concerns for law firms generally at the moment. But also kind of the general landscape around disruptors to the legal industry is huge, you know, technology is massive and how it's implemented in particular, kind of every law firm's looking at AI and how chat GPT could replicate the work of a associate overnight and, and streamline kind of some of the, the costings of, of having hundreds of people as part of the firm, but also just you know, non-lawyers um, in our area, sustainability consultants tend to do quite a, a legal role as well and like to advise on environmental law. So there is the challenge of non-lawyers actually carving out a bit of work from traditionally what we would have done for clients. One of the things we're advising a lot on, especially on the environment side, is around sustainability law. and. I think the key point at the moment is that there's a huge amount of European legislation coming forward that is focused on sustainable supply chains, sustainable reporting. And the idea is to improve um, environmental performance of businesses and large organisations in the EU. But it's been designed such that if you're a large company, you know, a large US company or global company that does enough business in the EU, you're similarly going to be dragged into complying with certain obligations there. So I think for us, we're having to advise a lot of US-based clients around this subject area because they're so concerned about the extent they suddenly could be obligated under the EU, which is quite interesting from a UK perspective, given that Brexit was meant to be this wonderful break from Europe. But in fact, the way they are drafting their legislation really means it's more it's less important from an environmental perspective, certainly. In terms of what kind of uh, qualities or strengths you need to excel in as an environmental or planning lawyer, you know, I think I've touched on the breadth to which this practice area encompasses. And so you have to enjoy variety. Um, it, it's quite difficult to turn up and expect to just pick up a nice, easy task that you've done a thousand times before and poof your way through it. Very often you'll be throwing something completely new that you've never seen before and be expected to be uh, an expert overnight and then be chucked in front of the client to talk about it. So it, it, it does require that that need to, to fly by the seat of your pants a little bit and enjoy what you do. And as part of that, I suppose, I think, you know, everyone I work with here and, and, and know from other firms in the same practice area, they really love what they do because there is a need to 
often do long hours, read around the subject matter, invest in your own knowledge base so that you are up to date and current with what you can advise clients. So those two go quite hand in hand in enjoying the diversity of, of the practice area, but also really, really loving the subject matter as well. If I was looking for a career in environmental law now, I was just starting out. So for a budding sister, I would suggest that if you're able to try and get a taste of the kinds of frameworks that environmental law uh, lawyers deal with, that kind of comes to the second point, which is the need to kind of approach and, you know, meet as many environmental lawyers as you can, understand what they do on a day-to-day -day basis, the kind of issues they deal with. And that will give you a good sense of whether or not a you might be suited to the job, but also whether you're actually going to be interested and and would be willing to pursue that career. And there's loads of great organisations out there. I think the one that I got involved with early on was the UK Environmental Law Association, which is great um, because it's a quite a significant network of environmental lawyers all across the country who are all willing to give their time to speak to you, answer your questions, and generally give you a taste of what different kinds of environmental lawyers do. I think in terms of what I wish I'd known about being a solicitor before I'd started, it's probably less about the job, but more actually about how poor people's perception of you are. Often people think lawyers are either terrible people because they do bad things for bad people, or they're incredibly boring. So um, my, my my strong advice to anyone who's, who's coming into the profession is not to expect that you're you're going to be allowed to talk about your job endlessly with your friends because their eyes will glaze over and they'll find you very tedious and dull. But um, that's not to say you shouldn't be passionate about your career. <laughs>